Last time we looked back on one of the cases that rocked South Africa, that of 17-year-old Anine Boyson. She was gang-raped, mutilated and left to die on a building site in Bredasdorp. Because of the level of interest and outrage surrounding Anine's murder, you'd be forgiven for thinking it was the first time something like that had happened in the area. In fact, there were two similar cases before that. Mita Dennis was 1999. And it was also a brutal, gruesome murder. Katrina Mertz, 2009, she was burned, Honestly, Anin came 2013, and the whole world focuses on Pradastor. Technology wasn't there with Mita Dennis. If you go and Google Mita Dennis, you won't get anything. You will only get something on Katrina Mertz. It's just a small thing on Katrina Mertz. Community activist Lana O'Neill has been working in Bredasdorp for many years. She's seen the horror stories make headlines, then go quiet. In Bredasdorp and surrounds, after the outrage around Anine's murder died down, the carnage for women and girls continued. Anine, Katie, and then Elda. Elda was found under the bed. So Nita, also another one. Two years after Anine's murder, five-year-old Katie Williams disappeared while walking to the home of her grandmother, Krishna Prince. Prince still remembers vividly the last time she saw her granddaughter alive. She's overcome as she stands close to the spot on a vast windswept field where the body of the little girl she called her Blompoiki was found. The last conversation I had with her was about a birthday present she wanted to buy me, a pair of Reebok sandals. I told her to get back to her mother safely and I watched her walk around the corner. That was the last time I saw her alive. A five-year-old child, raped, murdered, her body discarded without care in bushes. It's very hard to be here, even walking past this place, looking at it, it brings back all the bad memories. Less than a year later, in April 2016, the body of Sulnita Mana was found in Zwelicha, an informal settlement in Bredasdorp. The 23-year-old mother had been raped and beaten to death with a brick. A rope was also tied around her neck. Next, Bredasdor mourned 15-year-old Alda Jafter, beaten to death by the man she'd been living with, her body found stuffed under the bed they once shared. And almost five years to the day that Anine was murdered, another teenager, 16-year-old Jodine Peters, was raped and murdered. Jodine was a lively child, gifted with a singing voice that was by all accounts very special. Most of the time, she was busy singing. Yeah, she was really, really excellent and she was really in love with singing. We have uh, this family band group, excellent musicians in the family. Jodine was one of the best voices in, in that group, for sure she was. Yes, she was. Uh, her life was around singing. She was that joyful one. Her uncle, Sarul Peters, remembers her with great love, but with little peace. Jodine's murder was wretched and gruesome. It was really a brutal incident. They crashed ahead with some 
break in such manner that the eyes pop out of their head. Then they raped her, and after that, she was laying on her side, and they put a burning crate yeah, in, in, in this part of her body, and they lit it as they try to burn the body. Yeah. The violence didn't stop there. In the neighbouring town of Ielem, six-year-old Dalvina Europa was murdered, her body dumped in bushes behind a school in the area. That's six women and girl children in as many years. The number in and of itself is tragic, but the level of malice, grotesque violence and callous brutality associated with the crimes is staggering. The people just don't, they don't only rape. It's more than rape. It's, it's, I, I don't know. If we look at other towns in, or other provinces, people rape and they kill. Not yet. It almost seems as if the little town of Bredasdorp, population 15,524, is a nexus of evil. But Lon O'Neill says it's more complex than that. And the women and girls murdered in the area are the result of a narrative that repeats from generation to generation. It's also that vicious cycle. My mother was used to be abuse, domestic violence, alcohol misuse in the house. And what am I going to do? I'm going to do the same thing. Because I'm also going to drink and I'm also going to let that man abuse me. And my child is going to see it. And it's a vicious cycle that doesn't stop. And that chain has to be broken. And most of the time, if you look at the men, how they were brought up in the situation, in the households that they were, my feeling is, I hate the woman. Why did... Mama, why did she let my dad eat us like that? Because it's the vicious circle again. Because all that anger and all that frustration must come out one way or the other. Police in the area are all too aware of this vicious cycle of which O'Neill speaks. And the Overberg Cluster Commander Donovan Hilbron tells us they've come up with particular interventions. Targeted, not at women, but at the men who abuse them. We have a, a very strong men for chains structure in the police where gender-based violence are very high on their agenda for, for discussion. And there was a number of initiatives, even in the Overberg cluster before the lockdown period, where these young men would go to different police stations and assist, you know, neighborhood watches and street committees to communicate this and also to speak to other men about this. And what we are also doing, and even in the areas of Harapo and the local radio stations, our numbers, our direct numbers are out there. If people do not trust other people, they can call me directly, they can call the station commanders directly, and that numbers have also been made you know, known in all the local newspapers as well. There's another aspect to the level of violence. It's a socio-economic one. This is a poor and working class area. Just more than half of the residents are employed. The average household income is less than 3,000 rand a month. O'Neill says for many women in the poorer areas, the only plan they have is a man. I mean, there's, there's women that, like 15, 16 year old, who are living with uh, old men. And the mothers, the families are okay with it. You know why? They're okay with it because they're dependent on them. They get their food, they get their cigarette, they get their alcohol. And I don't blame them. 
But poverty and the ever-repeating cycle of abuse is not unique to Pradasdorp. It exists in every province and every town. In a nation with one of the world's biggest divides between rich and poor and a self-acknowledged problem with crimes against women. It seems there's no definitive answer as to what makes some of the men in this little town so seemingly prone to extreme cruelty. SAP's cluster commander Donovan Hilbron has a theory though. Based on a docket analysis and based on circumstances, especially when you look in the Pratastop area, you'll always find liquor plays a very, very crucial role. If you look in terms of the suspects that we have arrested and even subsequently that are spending many, many years behind bars, most of these suspects were either under the influence of liquor or drugs or both. We can't say it's exactly this is the reason, but we look at tendencies and we look at behavioural patterns and the circumstances of which these happen. And those are, are, are really fundamental issues that we have to you know, look at. And also it is, it is it's purely a behavioural pattern that needs to change. Substance abuse ties back into the broader socio-economic plight of the area. There's very little to do. And all too often, young people get lost dropping out of school and turning to drink and drugs to pass the days and escape their reality. Jodine's uncle, Sarul, believes government needs to be doing more to address the underlying issues. He described to us how he felt he was channeling Jodine's words at a public meeting with the local mayor shortly after the murder. Me as a dead youngster, I plead with you to try and make opportunities, make something where we as youngsters can go that we don't need to go to a shabin, we don't need to go to a dance in the squatter camp. Make us a safe place where we can come and sit and play cards, where we can come and drink coffee, where we can come and, and play music, where we can sing. In the next episode, we trace the progress of the cases in Bredasdorp and surrounds that have shocked South Africa and then passed as the news cycle and the nation moves on to the next big headline. We ask whether justice has truly been served in any of them. And if not, why not?